This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, this is Dennis Dunaway of Alice Cooper. You're listening to Rock and Roll Archaeology. Pantheon Podcast presents from Hollywood, California, The Devil's Music with Pleasant Gaiman. You are invited to join the Hollywood princess as she explores her lifelong pursuits in the occult, sex, love, and that sinful rock and roll. Ladies and gentlemen, step into the dark parlor of Pleasant Gaiman as she brings you the devil's music. Hi, this is Pleasant Gaiman of the Devil's Music podcast. I'm a rock and roll witch, a lifelong punk rock maniac. I'm a multi-genre artist, a best-selling author, a writer, a performer. Some of you may already know me. Some of you may not know me. Others of you might even know me in the biblical sense. There could be a chance of that. Anyway, I've always been interested in the outre, the crazy, the the out-of-the-box, the wildest things imaginable from any century and any decade. I was lucky enough to have been a member or one of the proponents of the Los Angeles punk rock scene in the early 70s. I had a fanzine called Lobotomy. In the 80s, I had several bands and booked a lot of very significant clubs in Los Angeles, punk rock legendary clubs like Raji's and Cathay de Grand. I've been putting on shows since 1978, and it's continued right on up here 40 decades later. I still do that. I'm a belly dancer. I'm a burlesque dancer. I'm a tarot reader. And if you listen to my podcast, you're going to see that I'm an absolute lunatic. Love y'all. and love doing this. I hope you're enjoying it. So just a little bit of info. You can find The Devil's Music and all the Pantheon shows on Spotify, Radio.com, and Pandora. Actually, if you're into it, you can just go all OCD and look really hard. You'll find us on at least 40 different podcast networks. We're growing and growing. Everyone at Pantheon loves telling stories about the greatest moments of rock and roll in a variety of manners. You'll see what mine is like when you listen to it. There's something for everyone. So many shows, so many flavors, so little time to listen to all of them. Find it everything at PantheonPodcast.com. Today, I have the intense pleasure of interviewing Kristen Soleil. Like me, she's an amazing rock and roll witch. She's just a little bit more of a metalhead witch than I am. I'm a punk rock witch, and she's a metalhead witch. Um, Kristen is amazing. She teaches at the New School in New York, and she's got two books out. The titles alone will drag you into her world. The first one, her first released book, is called Witches, Sluts, and Feminists. That was how I became familiar with her. 
And the more recent book is called Cat Call, Exploring the Feral Feminine. And basically, it's a well-written, really clever, but really academic book all about pussy and the power of pussy. Anyway, I'm so delighted to have Kristen with me. She's incredible. Wait till you hear her story. My guest for today is someone I admire and adore, which author and academic, Kristen Soleil. She's the author of Witches, Sluts, and Feminists, a really amazing book about witches, sluts, and feminists. And her most recent book is called Cat Call, Reclaiming the Feral Feminine on Wiser Books. She's a, a kitty lover a kitty litter, no, <laughs> a kitty switch hitter. Uh, anyway, we're here, we're here to talk to you about rock and roll magic and kitties today. Fuck yes. And a bunch of other stuff too, I'm sure. Yes. So let's just start off. Like, What came first for you, rock and roll or witchcraft? Oh my God, I think you can't separate the two. I know, I think the same thing yeah. too. But what about chronologically? I feel like consciously rock and roll. Yeah. And then the energetic feeling, the vibes, the vibrations, like from rock and roll, I think that's when I discovered witchcraft, really. Yeah, because I think I think rock and roll is a form of witchcraft. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it bewitches you. Yeah. Just like Frank Sinatra said. Yeah. No. <laughs> 100%. It seduces you. 100%. It's sex magic. Yeah, absolutely. There's no magic for me without rock and roll. I'm... So what was like the first record you remember buying or your first favorite record? Oh, that's really embarrassing. No. Yes, it's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good. I can't wait. But I'm trying to think what ex I mean, there were some like really early ones, but like I bought myself. I think it was like Paula Abdul. Oh. Um, <laughs> what was her first? Straight up, no, tell yeah, me. Yeah, whatever you. her first record was, that was, oh, I was oh, like, oh. yeah. That was, one? Yes. That was it. <laughs> oh, I got thrown out of a party for that record one time, but it, really? it was way after it came out, and it was in the middle of an ecstasy binge. That but, sounds so, amazing. <laughs> so, def yeah, but I had so many hand-me-down records from my brothers who are 20 years older than me, which is why most of the music I like is not of my whatever generation. They were like 70s-ish? Yeah, like in 80s. So, um, yeah, I had all their hand-me-down records. So, really, I had a little bit of pop foray, but then it was really... The, it was all about stuff. metal. Yeah. And just like hard rock and, you know, yeah, everything, really. I don't discriminate. I love it all. No, me too. I don't discriminate too. And I find myself liking... Um Liking stuff that, like, when it first came out, I turned I turned my nose up at it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, and you're like, wow, that's really a good song. Totally. I feel that way now, when, especially since there's, like, no new rock and roll compared to what it used to be. I'm so. glad you say that because you're so much younger than me, and I think that all the time, but then I think I'm just being a scary old lady. I, I mean, which I am anyway. Yeah, which but. is awesome <laughs> to be. Like, that's ultimate crone goals like <laughs> i know i was gonna make t-shirts and say hashtag crone life yeah <laughs> for those of you out in podcast land they just did the horns i just threw the horns <laughs> double handed double fisting the horn. <laughs> um yeah so Paula abdul was your first oh record? god yeah i guess so what wait the one with the mouse with the with the animated mouse opposites with the attract. video, it's oh, the cat. opposites attract. It's a cat. It's a cat and a mouse. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. She has a cat. <laughs> she has a cat boyfriend. I literally write about that in my book. I finally, it's like full circle. Oh it's Christ! Like... I forgot that part. Wait, why did I say Christ? Oh hell! I forgot that. <laughs> okay, so what was your first concert? I need to so, know. So when I was really young, my dad took me to see John Lee Hooker because he's really into old wow, that's blues cool. guys. Yeah. How old were you? Like eight. But my first, like, concert concert to me was Kiss in seventh grade. Oh! 
<laughs> More devil horns. Pantera opened for Kiss, and everyone booed Pantera. Like, they were, it was ridiculous. But it was an incredible show. I was around all these Hells Angels. It was in... When you were eight? No, that no, was when that I was, was... Um, like, 13. Or okay. 12. 12. 12. And my brother's wife took me, and I bought these, like, vintage pink velvet, like, super tight pants. And I remember it was the first time men were, like, screaming about my ass. <laughs> And like at first it was like sort of uncomfortable, I guess. But then I was like, all right, this, this is fine. You know, this is life. Tender memories of young maidenhood. <laughs> Thank you, Kiss. Thank you, Paul Stanley, who I love. <laughs> I love Paul Stanley. Too. I love I love all of Kiss. Um, I have a yeah. I have I have some crazy Kiss stories. Oh, I but I, my my bet. first concert story is really. Horrifying too. Really? Horrifying with the W and <laughs> W H instead yes. of <laughs> It has to be. Instead of just H. Okay, so my first concert was um the it was Alice Cooper with ZZ oh. Top opening for them and this was at the New Haven Coliseum on the Billion Dollar Babies tour. Oh my god. And I remember I was I was really disgusted when I saw ZZ Top because I was all into like glitter rock and yeah, yeah, horror yeah. Alice Cooper stuff and I thought they were just a bunch of stupid cowboys. <laughs> and for the past like 45 or more years I've been just kicking myself going, "What was I thinking?" <laughs> oh my god. But um so me and my friend Joan um, told each other's moms we were staying over at the other one's house, you of know, course. so there was nothing to worry about on, on that front. And then um, we shoplifted everything that we were going to wear to the concert that night. And, and luckily it was all small, so it was easy. Like albums were a bitch to shoplift, but yeah. I was really good at that. But the um, so we got black satin hot pants. We got these little like silver Lurex tube tops that came down in a V with like this sort of sweetheart 40s like halter That's amazing. neckline and then we went into Baker and Leeds shoes sorry but I think this is beyond the statute of limitations um we were wearing these big giant elephant bell bottoms with our worst sneakers under it and I had seen these like black round toed boots in the window that laced all the way up above the knee and real laces not like the garments uh. like they do now and so we just like kicked our sneakers, our gross wet sneakers under the chair and laced up the boots and pulled the bell bottoms down and walked out. Oh my God. Yeah. And then we went to the bus station and bought a, a locker for a quarter and changed in the ladies room and then walked our 13 and 14 year old asses up the street in the middle of November in like sort of sleety Connecticut weather and just ah. wandered into the concert like a couple of like... Um, Baby sluts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Baby slut. Did it? Did it? Do baby slut. Did it? If I had a kid, that's what I would play for them. <laughs> <laughs> baby slut. I know you would. Okay, so but you don't have kids. You have no, cats. I do. How many cats do you have? Only one right now. Really? Yeah. She's just my like little only child. What's her name? Her name is Cherie Purry, named after <laughs> Cherie Curry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so sick. You're not going to get cat jet. <laughs> That's pretty great. But she's white. So... Oh, it's totally. Yeah, she's bleached. Blonde. Yeah, she's a bleached she's a lead singer. Yeah, and the first time I, I got her home and I was like actually watching some Runaways videos on my computer and she like got on the laptop and just like sat and was just like looking at the screen at Cherie Curry. <laughs> so so pretty was... Curry. It's <laughs> oh <my God>. perfect. <laughs> and then uh, how did you think of... Um... How did you come up with uh, Cat Call, your book, Cat Call, Reclaiming the Feral Feminine? Because that uh, that's like, it's such an obvious thing, but it's not obvious. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. anyone that's into like witchcraft and like just being a girl is, has grown up with like yeah. pussy associations and cat familiars. and Absolutely. I think a lot of my work is like things that are obvious, but no one has necessarily strung them together in quite that way. Yeah. And so my first book is Witches, Sluts, Feminists, and cats are such a big part of that story. You know, yeah. we associate cats with witches and cats with sluts and cats with feminists, but I didn't even mention cats in that book at all because I was waiting because I knew cats needed their own book. So it was really delving into cats and witchcraft and sexuality and why are those so intimately tied? And we can't think of anything but that when, you know, we think about cats. That's exactly, I know. Everything, like... It's it's all entwined. Yeah. Um, for those of uh, you guys that don't know, Kristen's writing is really academic and really w well researched, but it reads like a cross between Jacqueline Suzanne and a really smart, beautiful lady professor, 
in in some like occult like classroom that um, is Jacqueline Suzanne that is like the biggest honor I've ever <laughs> Valley of the Dolls was such a formative book when Me I too. was so young I my dad was like you don't want to read that trash that came out in you know, my day or whatever yeah. and I'm like no I want this so bad it had like the pill cutouts in the front yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know oh my god and then Olive I, I just love I love her whole style of writing like Ugh. he fished in his pocket for a cigarette <laughs> so good have you ever read The Love Machine no oh my god it's like Robin Stone. I mean, I mean, it's by Jacqueline Suzanne, uh-huh. but Robin Stone was the love machine. You, you oh, got to okay. read that one. If All you, right. Wait, if you love the Valley of the Dolls, you're going to love the love machine. Ooh, I can't wait. Yeah, it's all, it's all, uh, Jacqueline Suzanne is definitely like a high priestess of fine literature. I think I'm going to have to like quote you about comparing me to a lady academic meets Jacqueline Suzanne. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to put that on my website. Like, yeah, the in the library of Alexandria. <gasps> Jacqueline Suzanne in the library. You've clearly created my. I have youth. fantasies about you. Are you kidding? <laughs> this is incredible. This is the best day of my life. <laughs> okay, so um, the what what's like what's your favorite part of the book, or what was your favorite chapter? Hmm. The research was incredible, and finding all kinds of weird things from the medieval and early modern times were great, but kind of the most fun part was when I got a tarot reading for my cat because my friend Sarah Potter does animal readings and is an animal psychic and I'd never I have to talk to her she's incredible um and we actually teach a class called cat magic where I do a lecture on the history of like witchcraft and cats and sexuality and then she does a hands-on like she does different spreads with cats and talks about her experiences so she came over to my house and Cherie was a new kitten and Wait, what sign is Sheree Puri? Sheree is a Gemini. Uh huh. <laughs> and I'm a Capricorn. Capricorn. Um, a Capricorn. <laughs> and so I'm she. I'm Pisces, so I'm your food. Oh, my mom's a Pisces. I love a Pisces. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um. So yeah, she came over and she had two different readings. One was like a traditional, like with Rider Waite deck. A reading about our relationship for me but she started with an oracle deck she used for Cherie and this is the one she uses for um, cats mostly and she was shuffling them and telling me the last reading she did was for a cat and the cat had picked the um, possession card and I was oh. like whoa but no way is this little princess bitch gonna pick that you know and we were laughing about it but well is it because you possessed her well, so this is what happened. After we said that, we shuffled the cards, we put them on the ground, I pushed them toward her, she came over, bit the corner of a card, and it was the possession card. No! Yes. And it wasn't like, okay, she smelled the cat's scent on it, because it also happened after like 10 shufflings to land right in front yeah, of yeah, her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's no... No, no, no. Yeah. We freaked out, and then we were like, no, no. And then my friend Sarah doing the reading was like, no, but it's not possession like someone's possessing her or she's possessing you. It's that she likes possessions. She's a fancy little bitch that wants princess time. And she wants nice things, and she wants you to get a new bedspread because my bedspread had like holes in it. <laughs> so that is that was incredible. I wrote about it in the book. Uh, <laughs> I didn't write about the bedspread part in the book because I was like, yeah, because you, you to... didn't want to like diminish your public, right? Exactly. <laughs> but now you all know whatever. No, spilling it. <laughs> so that I think was one of the best parts. And now I always like bring cards out, and she'll roll around in them and all that. And I know that's normal for a lot of people, but I'd never really involved a cat I had in my readings before I don't know why my kitty Carmen has done tarot readings she always all the cats jump on the tarot table when when I'm doing readings but um I actually have a video that I posted on Instagram and it, it always gets like hundreds and hundreds of views because she's like she walks she walks across like she spills the card she walks across she picks one up with her mouth then puts it down and oh wait, I it. have yeah, seen, that. seen that it's incredible if I could get her to do that on command I would be a millionaire now I'd have a oh, residency yeah. in Vegas <laughs> I would pay a lot of money to see that in Vegas <laughs> You know, she could have a fancy little evening gown. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> a little platform. <laughs> Siegfried and Roy would go right out of business. Totally. Or Roy and Roy, or I don't even know if they're still I there. don't think. I no, saw them not. once back I in did, the day. too. It was and pretty also, great. also, one time I was on a lot of drugs, I, I'm just, like, staring at the tigers in the, in the lobby oh, right, of the, in the yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. They're like watching gorgeous. them wash their faces and... Like, oh, you know, groom each other. That was just like watching a, a white tiger orgy. It's 
incredible. Like, yeah, it's kind of a bummer they don't have it anymore, but it makes sense. And also those tigers don't want to be there. They want to be somewhere else, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Like at my house. Right. (laughs) Like in my one bedroom apartment. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Okay. So, um, also you've got uh, a tarot deck called the slut is tarot. That yes. um, sometimes when I put it up on Instagram, I worry that it's going to be quote quote against community standards because this is really like so, who is the artist that drew the the cards? So one of my favorite favorite bestest friends. Her name is Morgan Claire Serene, and she is the mastermind behind the deck. And she wanted to make a deck that centered sex workers and femmes. And instead of the fool's journey, she wanted to make it the maiden's journey. Yeah. So that's basically and trans people and pe- yeah, and things exactly. like the six of pentacles, like a girl with someone's fingers in her mouth behind her, and <laughs> totally. And, and, and like, there's lots of uh, yeah. This is a very sex positive and all inclusive deck and um all, all, all slutist all the time yes in every way yeah i know wait i look like the princess of cups i think it is okay it looks exactly like me so i'm just okay. pretending it was painted for me let's see where is she i'm just Kristen looking. is shuffling the cards they're they have they're not shuffled yet but yeah they're, they're all oh. yeah no, it's not the princess. Maybe it's a princess. Of, it's not the princess of wands. I can't remember. I'll find hmm. it when it comes oh, out of this. Yeah. It's someone with a crown on with, oh. with black hair and bangs. Oh, okay. Oh, oh I the, love the devil cut. Oh, you know the... That was supposed to be Alice Bag. I, I thought so. The yeah. crown is Alice Bag from the... It looks exactly like her. Yeah. I wish you guys... I wish that we had, like... Um, I wish that we had visuals going along with this, but you guys can probably see images of the deck online. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I I sell them, so... Yeah, she sells tarot cards. (laughs) No, they're really good. They're really easy to to, um, read with. So we're going to give each other a reading in a second. While you're shuffling those cards, I'm going to ask you a couple of other um, questions. Like, you are an occulture maven. Ooh, I suppose so. <laughs> As opposed to just culture. We're a culture club here. <laughs> As an occult. Why isn't that a band yet? A culture club. Uh, yeah, you club. can start a band. Tell, <laughs> tell me about your favorite bands. Oh, my God. Um, so many of my favorite bands are, like, L.A. bands. Really? Because when I was, like, a little girl, I had older brothers, and they were always watching, like, um, Headbangers Ball. And oh, so yeah, yeah. that is my thing. Oh, when you wished you could go to Cat House? Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> that was a really famous L.A. 80s, like, rock and roll and metal club. multiple Cat House shirts because I'm a nerd. And every time I go, I've been coming to L.A. for years and years, and I always go to the Rainbow and pay my respects. Oh, yeah, you're going there tonight. <laughs> I <said>. am. <laughs> so, I mean, I love Motley Crue. I, you know, I love White Snake and Poison. I mean, White Snake's not an LA band, technically. My band, um, the Screaming Sirens, we used to do a lot of dates with Poison because we were on the same label. Oh my God! Cue up. Look what the cat jogged in. Hell yes. <laughs> Which was pretty much anybody in LA in the eighties. Uh, yeah, you could either be you could either be the uh, thing that the cat dragged in, or you could be the cat waiting to see what what happens to like <laughs> skid across your doorstep. Oh my god! So yeah, but then I also, God, I like so many things, but I'm also a big like late seventies, early eighties goth, like UK, like oh, post, yeah, yeah. post-punk, like goth scene person. So that I mean, I I love the Sisters of Mercy. I love um, I love the Bolshoi and March Violets and oh yeah, I, don't I know. love that is good. Yeah, I love that stuff. Um, God, what else? What's uh, new, Pussycat? I love. What? Can we talk about Tom Jones? Because I oh my god, yes. fucking love Tom Jones so much. My mom took me to see him when I was like, I don't know, like 
nine or something and i fell in love with tom jones and i've seen him so many times i still whenever he comes he still got it like i saw him in vegas once and speaking of zz top zz's top were sitting in a front table watching tom jones yes wow it was all of them in like in a row just watching tom jones that was great all these women were like going up and like leaving their hotel room keys really yes wait for tom jones Jones. were they throwing panties yes and that was the only time i really saw that and actually the last time i did you throw any i didn't i was what the hell is wrong with my mom i was oh that's right you were a kid i'm sorry i I I thought if it was you now oh hell yeah you would have multiple pairs and just keep wait what funny thing i saw him at the beacon theater in new york and a woman threw something on stage and was escorted out like out of the concert. What was it? It was underwear. But she was she, escorted out? She was out? escorted out because she tried to... Th- That's not like in his writer allow women to throw their laundry It was so <laughs> sad. I was like, it's the end of an era. It's truly over. But anyway, I love Tom Jones so much. <laughs> well, my name was Pussycat when I was little. My, my nickname... I mean, oh, that my adorable. father called me that. That might sound like really wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. But I thought that song was written about me. I was an egomaniac. I also thought that like every street in town that had pleasant in it was about me. And, and my birthday was on St. Patrick's Day. So I thought the whole parade was because it was my birthday. Oh, my God. In New York. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of ego. But um, Tom Jones has always been so cool. You know, um. Okay, so Miss Pamela of the GTOs that has a podcast also on Pantheon, um, in her book, um, Let's Spend the Night Together, Backstage Secrets of Rock and Roll Supergroupies, um, in which I have my own chapter. But um, Elvira, Cassandra Peterson, <gasps> like I thought my chapter was bad with stuff about Iggy Pop and other like really slutty things in there. But like hers is when she... Uh, Cassandra Peterson's is when she was a chorus girl in Vegas when oh, she was right. like 17. It wasn't Elvis. No, it was Tom Jones. Oh, Tom Jones. She lost her virginity to Tom Jones and then um, she started like hemorrhaging and then <gasps> and then he just dropped her off at the emergency room. Wait, what? I have to read that. I don't know why I haven't read that chapter. Holy. I know. Shout out to Miss Pamela. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, like. That's so dark. He's such a cad he's totally a cad <laughs> Tura Satana was the one that like supposed that like you know did Elvis oh okay from okay. faster pussycat yeah <laughs> but um supposedly she th- she taught her burlesque gyrations to Elvis really yeah because I think huh. she got him when when uh they were both hot and he was oh super early young. into his career wow yeah. huh. I, I will love any trailer trash that wears green eyeshadow I gotta say Oh, he's shaking their ass on stage. <laughs> okay, that was a sideline. What else? Um, so are we ready to do a little reading for each other now? Yeah, but I'm nervous to give you a reading because I don't do professional reading. It doesn't have to be a bit. Well, yeah, but it's your deck. Come I on. know, I know, I know. Okay, what do I need to know? What should, what should I know about? Uh, yeah, just tell me what I need to know. I so mean, she's she's spreading out. How, how, do we want, how do we want to do it? Do you want to just pick from here or from my hands? Pick it. Like, we'll do it. We'll do it Siegfried and Roy style yeah. since we're on the feline binge. Okay, there's one, Ooh. two. Oh, Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh. Except that's uh, the card is good, but maybe not the message. Not that good. I feel like. Wait, I got all wands. Yeah, and I, you I, shuffled I it really good. No, I, I did. Know. I'm really wandy. Wow. Wands are fire, and they're also creativity. And, and I, they're also sex and sensuality. Yeah, this is so, so this is a slutty ass like <laughs> trifecta of cards. I got here. the four of wands, the three of wands, and the ten of wands. So that makes wait that adds up to seventeen. Ooh, and so that's my. That's, I was born on the seventeenth, and it adds up also to eight. And that's my birth, my what? my life path. Yes, that's incredible. <laughs> but not when people are with you. That just happens. <laughs> Whoa! All right. All right. So, so four of wands. Are you gonna Are you gonna talk about this or should oh, I? Oh, I mean, I mean, you're the master, the mistress. I know because it's really hard for me to read for myself. But I'm um, four of wands. In this card, it's a, a multiracial pair of cute lesbians touching their titties and touching their titties. And then, and that's four of wands. And three of wands is um, two beautiful girls holding their. Kitties, which yeah. is like so perfect. I, I mean, know. there's like it a just lot of, happened to come up like through. connectivity that's sensual and like platonic in this. Yeah, and then I got ten of wands, and it's a a, a girl who's got someone's finger in her mouth, and she's biting it, and get, it, you, it's hard to tell who's in control. And she's wearing a collar with a chain attached to it. Yeah, that looks just like the necklace I was wearing. <laughs> a leash, let's say, a collar with a chain attached to exactly. it. Exactly, a leash. 
anyway, so, um, you don't know, I've got a lot of good friends. There's a lot of, I'm, I'm clearly domesticated without four of wands and, and I might bite if you stick your hand mm-hmm. near me, but you're going to love every second of it. That's not that's, really what it means, but that's what I'm telling you guys. I think um, that's perfect. Okay. I mean, some of my favorite readings are just like literally reading the imagery Here, on put cards. this back. I know, me too. Here, put these back and then I'm going to shuffle All right. it. All right. You guys, we're doing this topless. No, I, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm because it's taking us Because yeah. <laughs> it's taking so long to shuffle the cards. I have to give you some kind of a visual. Do you hear that? I'm shuffling these cards. They're pink. They're cute. Wait. Here, you you cut that back. Okay. Cut it. Cut it good. Okay, it's just a three-card spread. Spread. Mm. Seven of swords. Ooh. The fool, the maiden, as you were talking about, and six of cups. Okay, so seven of swords. If you get it about somebody else in a reading, that's like a really like shifty card. That's mm. like an alley cat as opposed to a lap cat. Right. But since it's for you here, it means you're going to... um. Use all your sorty intellect to get to where you want to be. Just like a cat, you're going to rub up against somebody's legs and then the next thing you know, they're feeding you. But in your case, it's not going to be fancy feast. It's going to be dollars or or some kind of position you want to get to. Um, The fool or the maiden is a a whole new journey starting off for you. And then six of cups is really having um, a really good playful affinity with people you know now. And sometimes it's about nostalgia for the past. Hmm. But, okay, so speaking of getting money thrown at you, um, Kristen's probably like the only author that has done a book tour at strip clubs. <laughs> <laughs> Very um, proud of it. And, and and just like the like the one in L.A. was at Cheetahs, which just goes right along. And you were with Jack, J-A-Q, the stripper. Isn't that the best name? Jack, the stripper. She's yeah, like this she's beautiful amazing. blonde. And she makes the best memes ever. She does. Her art is incredible. And yeah, we went on tour for my first book. And then it was so great um, that I've never had the experience of doing a reading and having people throw money at you because she encourages every event to really like be like a strip club. Sometimes we have done them in strip clubs and sometimes it's just a regular space, but she encourages people to throw dollars. So like a strip club. Yeah, yeah. to like affirm your act and your talent, whatever, whoever it is, because we have multiple people in our shows. So yeah, we just did a show at Cheetahs in October and... It was like $103 in singles in my short, like, four-minute reading. <laughs> it was the most magical. I mean, it's always magical, but that one, particularly at Cheetos, and I know now they're revamping it, and all the great women who used to work there haven't been rehired, and, like, it's all changing at over Cheetos? there. Cheetos? Yeah. Wait, do you know that Cheetos, not to change the subject, but Cheetos used to be a rock and roll bar from the 30s. Really? I mean, it, it wasn't rock and roll, but it was called the Shamrock. I was a bartender there. Whoa. And they used to have bands there. Like, no always, way. Like, oh, yes way. Oh. And there used to be apartments upstairs. I don't know if those oh. are still up there, but that was like a, a den of, that was a very well-known Hollywood den of inequity. Whoa. So it clearly has years and years of that energy. Of mayhem. Yeah. Yeah, of tipping, of like dancing on the bar, of stripping, Amazing. of bands playing. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know it's all changing now, but I luckily got in right before they... Wait, what are they doing I mean, I, I'm not exactly sure but i know they are doing they totally are like revamping it and changing the, the layout and i like a lot of the oh, no. original dancers were not hired that's too back bad some of the like... original dancers were so great oh yeah the poll work yeah. was insane yeah this is like if you guys out there don't know about hollywood striptease history jumbo's clown room and cheetahs oh. are the strip clubs to go because they're the most rock and rolly they're the most wild like Lemmy used to like practically live at Jumbo's clown I love Jumbo so I have seen the most incredible acrobatics and acts to my favorite music like ever there yeah a lot (laughs) of those girls are in Belbuck and Kendall my witch burlesque show it makes perfect sense but um Cheetahs came along a little bit later that was sort of in the whole hair metal Mm -hmm. like poison type thing right but um did you do other strip clubs um, we did an event at the Condor in San Francisco. Oh my God, the Condor Club! This is where Carol Dota used to come. On this, Carol Dota was, I think, the first woman to have breast implants, and they were the like the Navy could have used them for torpedoes. And she was a really hot blonde that looked like she would have been in Valley of the Dolls. And she used to come up like there was this rising platform on hydraulics where she would just come up on the stage and she would be. Wait, you just have to visualize. I'm sitting here in a chair and I started doing the fruit. You can hear the bangle. Yeah, yeah. this is what it sounded like. She was doing the fruit with her big blonde, oh. long flowing, like sort of charo, sort of Dolly Parton, sort Amazing. of hair. 
Yeah, she was famous in North Beach. Um, for all you for all you people that are only Instagram influencers, you should look up Carol Dota D O D A. You won't you won't be sorry. Yeah, yeah, I learned about it from my dad. <laughs> oh, now your dad is taking you to concerts and telling you about Carol Dota. No wonder you turned out the way he did. He took me to see Boogie Nights like when it came out. Oh my God. I was in like seventh grade or something. That's so good. I know. I always watched in age inappropriate films too. Yeah, he took me to see um, Poltergeist when I was like. Four or three or whenever it came out, it was like, yeah, I remember that too. I had wait, how old are you? Thirty-seven almost. Oh my god, I didn't know that. I'm sixty-one almost. No, <laughs> I can't believe. I I hope I look as good as you when I'm your age because oh my god, I mean, you look incredible. It's not all about looks in this world. You're also a fucking amazing person. But... Wait, what? I didn't hear you. No. <laughs> No, but I just wanted to know how old you were. Because oh, I'm yeah. trying to figure yeah, out yeah, yeah, like, the our, timeline. Um, yeah, yeah, the timeline. So you saw that right when it first came out. How old were you again, you said? Um, so whenever Poltergeist came out, I was like, unless they got it on a Betamax or oh, something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was 80, it was probably 85 or 6 or something. He took me to see that. Um, well, I actually saw that in the theater on Hollywood Boulevard with like... Um, Tex from Tex and the Horseheads. Amazing. And, um, I think Jeffrey Lee Pierce and a bu- uh, like a bunch of people from like we, those movie theaters on Hollywood used mm-hmm. to be so cheap and in the afternoons and you could, there was bars like all on there. The frolic room is right oh, near, near the there. Frolic so room. we would drink according to like whatever the um, movie was playing. Right. You know what I mean? And then at, at Barfly, like the bartender at the Frolic Room, then who no longer works there, gave us like to-go cups to bring into Barfly. That's so awesome. <laughs> um, okay, so what else do I want to talk to you about? Let's let's talk about some. Um, let's talk about how you really started doing witchcraft and, oh, yeah. and how you think that music really intersects into it. For sure, I feel like I started doing. Well, my mom is a witch, but she doesn't use that word. She always used intuitive, but not like the kind of witch that was into sex magic and stuff. More like, like that was not, not like her... an Anton LaVey acolyte. Right. She was like a different <laughs> not vibe. Not like Jane Mansfield and Anton LaVey. No, which would be amazing. But no, that that was not her vibe, but very um, like teaching me about, um, you know, manifestation, meditation and all kinds of things when I was very young. So that was really cool to have that. But I didn't consider that witchcraft because I didn't that word wasn't used you know yeah. I just thought it's stuff mom does and she would always say oh next week I get a feeling you're gonna meet this person or this will happen to you and it always happened so the, I was growing up with that kind of thing but my dad's like a mega atheist so there was that like side to it he was you know doesn't believe any of that it was like real my parents are not married that didn't like <laughs> work out but um I think with the rock and roll and magic I started doing sex magic to songs in ways that I didn't really realize until now. When, like, how old were you? Like, right, 11, right 11 yeah. 12, 13. Um, a lot of it was solo sex magic in the early years. But I would just have certain songs. <laughs> or or soleil sex soleil magic. Soleil sex <laughs> magic. So there were certain songs that I just felt so much power in that I always had to, like, jerk off to them and so i started doing that and then like what songs wait i want to know like like and a lot of it is (laughs) super cheesy but that's okay say it (laughs) a lot of like 80s hair metal stuff like i put piece of your action by motley Crue. i want you i need you i want you to be my tonight you need me Like, and, or like, um, God of Thunder by Kiss. (laughs) (laughs) But just like, God (laughs) of
just be certain songs or like I for, I'm trying to think of what other ones, but they were they did they just would feel like I had to get inside the song and the only way I could think of like channeling that energy was to just jerk off. <laughs> so yeah. that's how I, when I was younger, that's how I did it. And then I started thinking about things when I would do this process. And then more and more, I realized, oh, I kind of made up my own sex magic practice without knowing it. And so that I think is so I've always connected like witchcraft, sex magic, even to this day, if I want to really get into my spell work, it's like, put on my Motley Crue, carve my candle, get my oils and just have a nice night to myself. (laughs) Because, I mean, I like sex magic with other people, but it's, like, much more complicated. There's other, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, there's all sorts of yeah. stuff involved with other human beings. I mean, that's great, but I just prefer, like, just having sex with people, not necessarily making it magical or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Or, or like, keeping the magic to yourself because you might yeah. scare them by mentioning no. I mean, that, yeah. And then there's a the whole issue of, like, consent. Should I just, like, use this person's body for my own spell work? Maybe. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not if we want to be ethical. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, okay, so have you ever done sex magic on another person? Like, uh, like love spells or sex spells? Or- well, we were kind of just talking about this earlier, but I had this... Wait, ge- with who? You were cheating on me? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, with you. Oh, okay. I thought you were having a discussion No, I- I've spoken to no one else, and I will not speak to anyone else today but you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, babe. <laughs> Um, but I had this Jezebel oil that a friend made and I was about to do an event and I also had this sort of like glamour casting oil that Wait, I... let's explain glamour to the general public. So... A glamour, like if you've ever seen True Blood or any vampire film, when, they, when the vampires say they're putting a glamour on you, glamour magic is really sort of a shape-shifting magic. You, you cast... Right. You you cast a, a glamour over them so they see you as more than you are. Exactly. Is that, is that how yes. you... Yes. So that's when I use... I use glamour uh, glamour oils for when I do talks or events because I want people to see what I want to create for them. You and you know always I mean? wear a lot of pink. That's a form yeah. of glamour. Exactly. Too. Exactly. Because right. tell them... <laughs> tell them. <laughs> tell our audience <laughs> what pink stands for. Oh, yeah. I mean, not I mean... Malary Flintway, but yes, oh. also that. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think it's like pink parts and also it's a softer kind of erotic color in the, you know, color magic world. It's know? also very it's Venus energy. Venus, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, I've never been a red person, always a pink person. I've been a red person sometimes, like with belly dance costumes. Oh, yeah. Some of my dance costumes, because it's like a red car that gets oh, yeah. pulled over immediately, like you would get tipped immediately in a red costume. And I'm, I'm starting to realize that I should harness the red as well. Yeah, you Because it's really powerful. So I need to just like also use both. But I've always been a hot pink person that's always spoken to me as like power color, you know. Um, what the hell was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Glamour oil. So... I had these two oils, and I accidentally, it was dark, I picked up the wrong oil. But wait, tell him why you used the glamour oil. Oh, why I use it? Yeah. I had an event, and I was giving, I was like talking about my book and doing a reading, so I wanted to, you know, give the audience what I, show the audience what I intended to show them, and like, you know, show myself in the best possible light, and sort of like put like diamonds in their eyes when they looked at me yeah so I was going I usually put that on and it makes my events go well and even if you don't believe in witchcraft then fine it's placebo magic and like (laughs) I just feel stronger because I put it on whatever you think it's fine but I accidentally put on the Jezebel oil which is a sexual attraction (laughs) oil and a lot of sex workers use it to get clients and so I you know, put that on, didn't know the difference, did my event. It was fine. I didn't really notice that it was like bad or anything. But afterwards, I I sort of ran into someone and ended up definitely fucking them in the bathroom and (laughs) did not really understand how that came about. It was so overpowering. It's like my night took a turn that I never planned. It's like otherworldly things were happening. (laughs) It was a person I never thought of that way at all. So then I went home and I kind of was just like thinking about the oils and I looked and I had totally put the wrong oil on. (laughs) So ever since then, it was quite a while ago, but I'm like, be careful. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I hadn't really used oils that much. And then when I started to, I was like, oh, shit. No, oils are, <laughs> our oils are really, they really work so they, hard. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, I, I had uh, come to me oil from Pounds Apotheca and I was making mm-hmm. a candle with it. And I spilled it all over my arm because it was so slippery on the outside of it. 
you know, mm-hmm. on, on the outside of the oil. I spilled it all over my arm. And then this is this is like in the digital age, folks. Like, <laughs> man, suddenly there was like four guys on my Instagram DMs that like were literally, at, it wasn't like any dick pics. It right. wasn't anything horrible. But there was just all these guys that like once in a while would comment on my things. Oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, do you live in L.A.? Like, what do you like to do? Do you want to go out? And I was just looking at it and... and I was like, holy shit, this so. was like in minutes um, because I check Instagram like a nut. Right. So, that, so then I called um, Vicky at Panpipes and I was telling her that. And then she just texted back, but wait, doesn't this happen to you all the time? And I was like, no. Like, I'm surprised they, it doesn't happen all the time, but. <laughs> well, you know, also I never get dick pics and everyone I know gets dick pics and it's not like I really want one. But then I got, you go through that like little thing. I was like, oh, come on, I never get <laughs> <laughs> because all people send me is like horrifying hellish like memes uh, that look like a Hallmark card with like a red velvety Valentine looking thing with like a little teddy bear on it and hearts and it's like really this is what I'm presenting what to the hell no that's, I know that is not your vibe to and me and then I was complaining about it and all these other girls were like don't you ever look in the messages of people you don't know and I was like yeah but you know on Instagram sometimes it's blurred out yeah, and Facebook yeah, yeah. I look at it and it's just more of those Hallmark things weird I don't know I I think they think I'm a dominatrix or something or you'll like hex the hell out of them if you yeah that's you true <laughs> if you send me anything more than a teddy bear and damning you to hell. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, and I should also plug my friend has this incredible company, Shock Rubs, the crystal sex toys. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I use those all the time. Like the Obsidian one. Wait, is... you do? Oh, yeah. I mean, I have the Amethyst one is great. I use the Obsidian one Wait, a lot. Wait, they're dildos, for... right? Crystal yeah. dildos? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. So. All right, and they're they're smooth carved, just in case. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never used one of those, but like you know what, I I have to say that I've been kind of snobby about. I mean, not snobby, but like every so often I'll see like a blonde lady driving in kind of like a new sort of beigey car, and then (laughs) like when we're stuck in traffic, and then she'll do some stupid remover, and I'll be like. (laughs) I'm sure she uses like a rose quartz dildo. <laughs> I don't use the rose quartz. I only use the amethyst and the obsidian. So there we go. No, I think I have a rose quartz too. But uh, the obsidian one is really like everything I really want to like change and shift and repel. Like that is always. Like, I should use I a use. black tourmaline one. For those of you in the audience, black tourmaline gets rid of negative energy. Yeah. Well, so does black obsidian too. Do they make black tourmaline dildos? I think. She, I don't know. She might. I mean, I know she can't make black kyanite. That's really my favorite thing. But it would leave it would leave little <laughs> chips in your in your in your lady parts. They also make Teflon frying pans out of that. Did you know? No, I did not. Isn't that insane? Hmm. So you could be if, if in case there was like a black tourmaline. <laughs> I mean, a, a black kyanite. Although you you could be you could be like a lady in the kitchen and a whore in the bedroom. <laughs> Which is, you know, how everyone should be, right? I suck at the kitchen, though, so. I'm really good at the kitchen. That's how I lure them in. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. We were talking about sex toys. Then what? Uh, Sex magic, witchcraft. Yeah. And then, so basically my witchcraft story, I was doing all that without really knowing. And I had some friends who were Wiccan in high school, but, like, Wiccan practices never vibed with me. I was like, that's not my vibe. No, not And this is, like, the 90s, so that was a very. That was huge. It was very crunchy and. I don't know. It wasn't my vibe. I was like rock and roll. That's my vibe. Yeah, you know, like fucking pentagram magic. Exactly. Yeah. Like Nowadays, spooky and it's scary everywhere. and dark. Yes. I know. But yeah, so I was like, oh, I guess I'm not really a witch, but I'm into this. And then when I moved to New York, I met my friend who was a voodoo practitioner from New Orleans, and she took me to my first like witch shop that I had, and then I started doing really dumb love spells and. I, 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 Oh, my God. I was just going to ask you about love spells. Let's talk about love spells in case anyone wants to try it that's hearing this. The first thing is, like, really think twice. (laughs) I literally did one, a love draw spell that I repeated this person's name and did all these things because there was a little kit, you know, they sold or whatever. And I never, I fucked this person a lot and I never dated them, but they came back into my life in many ways that almost were like, it was like obsessive and weird. And it still, you know, some days I'm like, oh, maybe it's over. No, it'll just pop back up. Like, don't fuck with other people's like, you know, energies and in in love magic. I think it's just like, oh, yeah, it's going to be good. It's a minefield. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure sometimes people make it work. I never made it work. I don't do any magic with relationship stuff like that anymore or whatever. Sometimes I'll, I'll do communication ones. Oh, sometimes. that's a good idea. Yeah. I thought about that. That's yeah, yeah. Good... You know, or have them think of you, but not about like, a, like not, not. Oh, yeah. 
not other stuff. Like if you bind someone to you, forget it. That's like, you've got a stalker for life and into the next like four lives if you believe in reincarnation. Yeah, no thanks. So yeah, love magic, no, don't do it. (laughs) Attraction magic, yes, love magic, no. Yeah, yeah. Because then you can take over or anybody could take over from that part. Okay, so what do you think about like right now how witchiness is so popular? I, I know it's been through cycles of it but like yes no what are your thoughts i mean for me obviously it's well yeah it's great for us it's selling my books yeah yeah, that's awesome and it awakened a lot of things in me that were very thing you know private like things i didn't talk about you know for years and now everybody talks about that stuff and it's so normal and you're not crazy or weird yeah 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 yeah. you know so that's cool obviously Part of it, 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 sometimes there's some practices that are defanged. And even in interviews, sometimes I just, like, say really basic things. Because there's some things that are, like, the occult means, like, secret. You know, there's things that are not for everyone to know. So in that sense, sometimes I just say the party line, like, no hexing, blah, blah, blah. You know, but, like, we really know that if you're doing magic, like, there's all kinds of things. It's not all, like, love and light and shit, you know? Yeah, but a lot of people don't know that, though. Right. I think there's a lot of misinformation on the internet, So too. much, yeah. And that kind of scares. Yeah, <laughs> it, it can be dangerous. Like, I was gonna say, who knows what the hell's going on right there. It's like the Sorcerer's Apprentice, literally. Yeah, yeah, because there's, anyone can put up information and you know spread it around so and that that's good in some ways because it's egalitarian spread of information and bad because there can be a lot of misinformation but i teach a lot of students who are new to witchcraft and i don't teach them witchcraft i teach them you know the history of the witch archetype and its ties to feminism and sexuality and then i throw in a few like guest speakers who come in and do a little like we make sigils and like a little toe in the water but they all are like really excited to practice you know or like doing spell work for with the moon maybe little simple things or whatever but everyone it seems like it's such an empowering thing especially the world is burning and on fire it's always been bad but you know it no, it's really I, bad right now i think now. it's so worse than it's ever been okay, so and i mean i grew up watching the vietnam war on tv at dinner every night and this i i've never seen anything okay, like so this so you think that i agree it's horrible and i feel like it's, it's like it's like every day the news comes out and you feel like it's the weekly world yeah. news like it's like bat boys yeah. i mean i mean <laughs> what or something like of uh, people like Yelling and screaming at each other and insulting each other and making fun of, yeah. like, physical or, like, intellectual, um, you know, short It's, it's terrible. Like- yeah. So, I, in that sense, I think it's great that witchcraft is popular because it allows you to take control of your life and yourself. And, I mean, and there's, like, community that it brings together on, like, all the other patriarchal religions, which are just can be so damaging and horrible yeah <laughs> and patriarchal or whatever but i mean i don't know i always thought the catholic church was just like pure magic i mean there's some witchy shit going down no kidding <laughs> i know even when i was little like just the statues alone it's like scarier than like anything you would see in a cheesy 70s witch exploitation oh movie. yeah like yeah. all the bleeding and the rolled up eyes and pain it's like pure bdsm oh, oh yeah catholics are just so fucking kinky like, yeah <laughs> i know i used to wish i was like a, a raised catholic <laughs> during like 70s punk rock because all the most crazy like sex crazed people oh, yeah. i knew were all like recovering yeah. catholic my mom was raised catholic my dad was raised catholic and it both impacted them in many ways and wow. i learned a a lot of fascinating i don't go to mass soon <laughs> i mean i there there's actually this like um exorcism conference that they're having at the vatican now every year and they allow, when when is the next one? i don't know but i really yeah, want to go. go but i went online to try to see if i could go and they're like you have to have a priest like sign off but we you, could get that but wait guess what my cousin is a priest an ordained <gasps> priest but i haven't spoken to him like maybe met him once but i'm like i wonder if i just write <laughs> Well, no, I think you should, okay, find out when the conference is first, you know, and then start, like, just send him a, le- a message now, because it's like, you know. He'll like, totally Google me and be just, like, just, clearly. No, just, just keep, like, like say that, you know, that was all just a show I was doing. Right, right. I really want to. I can you I want to expect, I want to accept the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I was just promoting my book. <laughs> I just had to promote a book, and this was a good angle. Right? <laughs> I'm really a devout Catholic. <laughs> Margaret Cho used to do a really good, um. She used to do a, a really good part of her show about Catholics. Um, I think this was right when the sex scandals first came mm. up. And, um, you know, when it was coming out about a lot of, like, queer priests and stuff. And she, it, she would go into this, like, sort of voice. She goes, 
What do you mean you're not gay? Sitting up there in the Vatican, surrounded by antique furniture, wearing a big hat. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, the Catholic Church, that is quite a can of worms. I'm working on a new book that kind of involves a lot of research into... The Catholic Church? Yeah. For real? Yeah. And it's been super fun. I can talk about it. Yeah, yeah. It's a travel book uh, to witchy sites in Europe and America that are tied to the witch hunts as well. So, so there's like history and then there's also like how can we rec- how have these sites been reclaimed and you know so I have a, t- a guide to the Vatican like a, a, like a, a pagan's guide to going to the Vatican and like all the the secretly witchy shit that's everywhere. You know what I mean? Like there's zodiac stuff, there's like all kinds of, you know, there's like what what else? Wait, there's for, like all kinds should, of Greek and Roman, you we know, should pagan. Queue up liar like queen right now. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Try and help me, Father. Won't you let me in? Liar! Nobody believes me. But I know there's all, all that stuff. And then, wait, um, I think Notre Dame, I might be getting this wrong. I think Notre Dame was built on the site of a pagan. Oh, it was. Uh, yeah, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So all of those, like, most famous churches in Europe were often built on the site of pagan, you know. Of course. Why wouldn't it be? Grounds. And all the ley lines. Exactly. All- yeah. It's so, so fascinating. So, yeah, my, my next book is a tour guide to all that What are you stuff. calling it? It's actually pretty simple. It's called... Witch Hunt. Oh, that's a good <laughs> traveler's guide to the power and persecution of the witch. Oh my God. When is this going to be out? It's coming out next October, <gasps> October 2020. <sighs> We're going to do a new tour and be going around showing my, like, it's going to be like what showing I. Showing your panties. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing a choir boy outfit. Yes. I'm going to be dressed like a priest, a slutty priest. Or the high priest. Maybe a nun. <laughs> oh, yeah. A nun. There's a lot of, you could do that. You could do this. So in many slutty too. nun. Yeah. Outfits. Sister Bridgeville. Yeah. <laughs> the flying nun. None of you guys that are listening know this, right? Unless you're my age. I know the flying nun. I know. I guess that's that's a good yeah. It's kind of like a fantasy a pop culture yeah. vibe, but yeah. So the Catholic Church. So yeah, I'm digging into a lot of the pagan. I'm reading all about how. Well, obviously, astrology comes from ancient Mesopotamia, and you know went through all that. But how in the like like early first millennium Christ it was Christianized and I never knew that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I had no idea that like They stole everything. Yeah. It's so fascinating to see what like each sign was associated with, like in the the Jesus story or whatever. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. I need it's to... all gonna be in my book, so I'm doing all wow. that research into I have to write a blurb for you. Oh uh, that would be an honor. So great. Now we got that settled. <laughs> <laughs> And she's sitting here wearing, wait, what does your shirt say? Oh, stay home, home, be be a witch. witch. And she's wearing leopard pants. I mean, yeah. Like thinking of who's going to make like the choir boy outfit she's going to (laughs) wear. Looking off into the sunset. Well, not yet, but soon. (laughs) Looking off, looking off up at the steeple. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Um, So what, um, what do you think about, what's your favorite like current band? Do you have any? Yeah. So there's one. On my playlist, I love listening to, they might have just broken up, but they're still very, very current, called Person, P-U-R-S-O-N, named uh, after the um, the goetic demon. Oh, not because of Purr. No, cat. no, no, but that's pretty great. <laughs> but they're sort of like a a revival of 60s psychedelic occult rock, and I really, I really dig them. So, that sounds good. Yeah, that's really, really awesome, good. and I've seen them live. Lead singer, she's they're British, of course, and yeah. she's amazing. Has great outfits.
I love that song. It's so fucking good. But the other band I really want to talk about is Twin Temple, another L.A. band. Oh, my God. I love them. I love Twin Temple. I keep missing them live, but they have the best look. They have the best songs. What's your favorite song of theirs? I'm Wicked. Oh, that's mine, too. That's totally mine. I love bleeding under the full moon. I draw power from my womb. I don't want babies. I make love on my enemies to take a good look. The Devil is a Woman. Sex Magic. Sex Magic? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, and they're I'm so... i you. Yes. They're so lovely as people. They actually sell Witches, Sluts, Feminists in their store, signed copies, which is awesome. They're such great supporters. And... They I, look like old 60s Anton LaVey Church of Satan, like the best, like, vintage, like, rock and roll occult possible. And her suits. voice. Oh, my God. She's an voice. incredible singer. Oh, my... Every time I see her, I'm just like... Uh, twin temple it. you guys twin temple if you don't Fuck know yes. about this band it's it's satanic doo-wop that's how they build themselves they're all over instagram they're all over twitter they are hot as hell yes now i don't know if we should play hotter than hell by kiss no, I know. Oh, oh. <laughs> Tell anyone a little spell to do it now. Hmm. Like a kitty spell? <laughs> yeah, whatever you want. You can tell them a kitty spell. Hmm. Or let's talk about one more manifestation spell. I think just it, you, if you're intent, if you think something's going to happen, it, it will really happen. Think about it right before you go to sleep. That's that's my favorite time to do it. Repeat it over and over. Say it out loud. Yeah, write it down and jerk off looking at it. Yeah, if it's someone you want, jerk off thinking about it. Yep. <laughs> Just jerk off all the time. Twin, twin, temple, twin, twin temple and Kiss would both agree. Bye. I agree. Yeah. Hell yeah. Ever, yeah, one, one, two, three. We are throwing horns. Hell yeah! It's the devil's music with pleasant gaming. Mwah! And ice cold flames Crying soft as love flies tame Swimming tears of diaries of lies Fading lights as sunset quiet Wow, wasn't that great? See, I knew you'd fall in love with Kristen Soleil, just like I did. Anyway, I'd love to thank you all for listening to Pantheon Podcasts, and we will see you next time here in hell in the VIP room at The Devil's Music.
The Devil's Music is written and hosted by Pleasant Gaiman. Produced by Aaron Alden. All sound design by Jerry Danielson of Busy Signal Studios. And of course, is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Find all of our shows at pantheonpodcasts.com. Our social presence is at Pantheon Podcasts on Facebook and Instagram. Tweet us at Pantheon Pods. All songs can be found wherever you get great music. Please pick up these important and fantastic tracks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.